a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. If you would like to join us, our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, if you like, hmm, I wonder if he's in the studio. No, I'm not, because why? It's Fourth of July weekend, sort of, kind of, and uh, I decided not to play with traffic this morning and decided to stay home where it's where there's no traffic, so I decided to do that instead. But... Hopefully it's our program as usual and uh, be able to talk to you about your car and your car problems or whatever's on your mind for this 4th of July weekend. And you can call in and talk to talk to us and see what's up and, you know, just kind of have the regular time that we usually have. Um, a little bit busy yesterday, in fact, the last couple of days, uh, doing interviews for the holiday weekend. I was on uh, Channel 10 last night, I guess, for talk a little bit about the uh, several million people that are going to be traveling here in New England over the 4th of July weekend, and about a million and a half or so, I guess, are going to be traveling around the Boston area, and also down on a, a radio station in Westerly, Rhode Island, uh, Joe Cugini is the host. He's been the host down there for a lot of years. He spent 40 years in banking before he... Uh, Retired from that and hosts this show on Thursdays. And uh, I've been on a show a bunch of times about different things. And then uh, this past week I was on uh, AM 1320 in uh, in Attleboro. And I have never been to that station before. I've been on the studio and the geeky, uh, on the station rather, the geeky side of me always likes looking at radio stations and see what's going on with them and see how they see how they compare to what we have. We have really good stuff, by the way. Uh, if you live in Rhode Island, you've probably heard that the Registry of Motor Vehicles, the Department of Motor Vehicles in Rhode Island, is having a major computer uh, switchover. And there was a note from the uh, superintendent of the Rhode Island State Police, uh, Colonel Anna Simpico. She says, uh, because of the uh, DMV upgrading in their computer system that's going to take place on July 5th, and what's happening is... Uh, AAA, just like we do in Massachusetts, uh, does license renewals in Rhode Island and registration renewals, and we've always done them for members only. But in Rhode Island, until they get this uh, this new update performed, we're trying to help out the DMV in Rhode Island, and we're doing everybody. But they know that there's going to be a really big delay in getting some stuff done. So all Rhode Island driver's license and ID cards that are set to expire between July 1st and July 31st uh, will now expire on September 30th. So if you're listening in Rhode Island and you have a um, driver's license that's going to expire in the month of July, they're adding some time to it, so it's not going to expire until September 30th. So you don't have to try to race down to the uh, DMV or the AAA office on Monday morning to try to get it done. Same thing with all Rhode Island registrations set to expire on July 31st will now expire on September 30th. Uh, all Rhode Island special use identification tags issued by motor vehicle uh, dealers, temporary plates, 
that uh, run between July 1st and July 31st will also be valid for 40 days from the state of issuance rather than the, uh, the 30. And it also says here that Rhode Island residents who purchase motor vehicles from Rhode Island vehicles, uh, dealers, out-of-state motor vehicle dealers, private parties between July 1st and July 31st shall have up to 40 days to register the vehicle if the purchaser's prior motor vehicle and the newly purchased vehicle are, are of the same type and registration from the purchaser's uh, prior motor vehicle will be transferred to the newly registered. But you get the idea. There's some delays and the... Uh, DMV and the state police are trying to work with it to get it all done to uh, eliminate some of the long lines that will probably happen due to the uh, due to what's going on there. So talk about, you know, that's one of the things. And one of the other things I saw that was pretty interesting, and I want to thank our listeners, too, because two things happened. Uh, I was talking to uh, Dan Jones, the chirality author, um, and after he was on the program, some people went online and purchased his book or purchased the the digital download version of his book, so thank you for doing that. And we are going to be giving away one of his books, not this weekend, but probably next weekend, because I have I have the one that went out to a listener a couple weeks ago, which was a, uh, which was a, um, I guess early release copy, so it might have had some typos in it. And then we have the, uh, then we have an actual one that's going to be, uh, that's going to be coming out. So, uh, so I have that one. That I have the one that has all the typos taken care of in it. So, thank you for that. And the other thing is that. The uh, Ford Driving Skills for Life program, which is going to be taking place very soon, um, registrations went up on that, and uh, it may have been because we talked about it last week. So here's the deal with uh, with Driving Skills for Life. Uh, there is still a registration phase taking place, and here's the schedule. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday, July 19th and 20th, up in Essex Junction, Vermont, should you be up there. But closer to home, July 22nd and 23rd at New Hampshire Motor Speedway in Loudoun, New Hampshire. And then Wednesday and Thursday, July 26th and 27th at Seekonk Speedway. So if you're up on the North Shore and, you know, want to take a ride up to Loudoun, for this event, it's the 22nd and 23rd. If you want to go south, if you want to head to Seekonk, 26th and 27th. And this is a geared towards a teen driving event. But really what it is, it really teaches more than driver's ed. What it really does is it teaches kids about safe following distance, anti-lock brakes, what to do if you get into a skid, those kind of things. And it's actually being done in, uh, they're even going to show you how to handle a spin-out in a Mustang, as well as speed management, reaction time. They'll even uh, have you go through a closed course while being uh, utterly distracted by the instructor, it says here, while donning what they call impairment glasses. It's a real eye-opener. Uh, with vehicle crashes being the number one teens, killer of teens throughout the country, they're passionate about giving teens the skills they need behind the wheel and believe 
that they've found a fun way to do it. I agree with this. Dan Strollo from In Control, the Advanced Driver Training School, he's been running programs like this for a long time. This is where Ford has stepped up on their side, and they want to really bring this Driving Skills for Life program back to New England. So July 22nd and 23rd at New Hampshire uh, Motor Speedway up in Loudoun, and July 26th and 27th down at Seekonk. Um, you know, check it out. It's it's a good event, and you can find out more information about it. Two places you can go to um, YouTube, and you can find out some information on YouTube if you do driving skills for life, or if you go to their registration link, which is uh, drivingskillsforlife.com, and then it'll have the events page, and you'll find it, and you'll see where it all is. So drivingskillsforlife.com is how you get through to that, find out about the registration, and find out what's going on there. And if you want to uh, give us a call, our phone number is 617-770-3030, We heard there might be a problem with the phones, but we're not sure. So if you want to call us and test our phones, we'd appreciate that. Um, got an email from a guy who uh, said, uh, the federal government demands a 50,000-mile warranty on some exhaust systems. Brakes a lot more important than safety. Why aren't? Why don't exhaust systems... They solved the exhaust system problem with stainless steel. Why don't? Why not brakes? My elderly wife drives her 2008 Hyundai Elantra hardly at all during the school year. She makes six-mile round trip uh, once a week to, I guess, school. In the summertime, she uses the car to carry her garden tools to the community garden, which is 400 yards away. Uh, the car sometimes sits for a month. For the second time in a year, our shop has notified us that all four brake pads are stuck and the rotors are rusted. I could hear the pads dragging at low speeds. The last time we had to pay $950. This time it was only $400 because they didn't replace the brake rotors. The shop manager says, I can expect this in another year or so. He says a lot of people in our community have summer cars and winter cars. It gets a lot of business every spring and fall. The question is, is this just normal wear and tear for all cars? Well, brakes can get rusty. There's no question about it. Uh, and when a car sits for a long period of time, the brake rotors will get rusty. In fact, even just sometimes, if you look at a set of brake rotors, if you have wheels where you can actually see the brake rotors, if you let them sit overnight, you will notice a surface of rust building up on them because they're steel and they tend to, they tend to, uh, rust pretty easily. The brake calipers, on the other hand, the slides that allow the brake caliper to work, most cars have a single or dual piston style caliper, which the pistons are on one side, and when they squeeze the brake pads together, they're actually pushing the opposite side of the brake caliper into the rotor. So what happens is the slides that allow that to happen will rust up and freeze, and when that happens, the calipers will hang up. They won't necessarily rust internally, but the slide mechanism that allows that to happen, that's where it rusts. And some are actually kind of a metal-on-metal. Metal. Some are uh, held in pins with, uh, with like, neoprene slides inside of them. They're all a little bit different, but they all do it the same way. Higher-performance cars use dual-piston or four-piston calipers where the pistons are on either side of the brake road. They squeeze together a little bit differently. They provide a little bit more stopping ability that way, too. But what you need to do 
periodically, sometimes if you have a car that sits for a long period of time, is you need to go into a shop, have them pull the calipers off, lubricate, clean and lubricate the caliper slides, and then reassemble them. That would take, oh, half an hour to 45 minutes maybe. So as a preventative thing, to prevent spending hundreds of dollars, maybe spending $100 might make more sense. And you can use a variety of different brake lubricants, uh, including what has been used for years, which is Never Seize, which is this kind of white lubricant with a with a graphite mixed in it, which keeps things from rusting and usually does a pretty good job. So you could try something like that to eliminate that kind of problem. So just something to be aware of. And another email I got this week was from a woman who has a 2015 Subaru Legacy. She purchased it in March. She's had a number of issues that have occurred that have uh, occurred, and they've been covered by warranty. However, I found out the reoccurring battery-related problem is not covered, and recently was told by the dealer representative to contact their corporate office. I went online and read about similar battery issues, and then she found a Q&A, which is why she mailed me. Um, she's just want, she's looking for advice about asking Subaru to p- pay for a replacement battery. And here's the problem. Subaru has a problem. They have a problem that they haven't, in my opinion, properly recognized. If you let some Subaru models, and it seems to be the ones with more technology in them, but not necessarily always those cars, and you let the car sit for three or four days. So you go on away for the weekend, you leave your car sitting at the airport or a park and ride or something like that, you come back, you have a dead battery. Um, I believe that there's something in the car, some system in the car that's not fully shutting down. And all cars have a ability to shut systems off, or all newer cars do. So if what happens is the... Um, you get out of the car, the headlights are on. After a few minutes, the headlights shut off. The radio memory shuts down but still retains the memory for the radio stations and the clock and things like that. Uh, also, what happens with some cars is if you inadvertently leave things like a dome light on, the car will recognize after a certain period of time the dome light's been on for an extraordinarily long period of time, and it will literally go into the electrical system and shut those things off. But there are also other parts in the car. One of them, which I'm the most suspicious about, is a pump that tests the emission system, and what it does is it pressurizes the fuel tank to look for leaks in the evaporative emission system. And that can sometimes come on at odd periods of time to test the system And if that pump is running for longer than it could, maybe it's causing the battery to go dead. What I think the problem is, the factory battery, and we talked about this with um, one of our listeners who has a Honda, the factory battery doesn't have enough reserve capacity to make up for this. So if you envision a battery as just a big container of water with a slow leak in it, and the charging system, the alternator, is a pump that puts water back into the big container of water, which is the battery. Um, by the time the car gets ready to start, the big container of water is empty. So what you need to do is you need to put a bigger container there. It doesn't solve the problem. It solves the symptom, and the symptom is the battery goes dead. So 
I think the answer is you buy a battery or you replace the battery one with, with one with not just a higher cranking amperage, which usually is the case, but one with a higher reserve capacity. You don't need the cranking amperage to get the car going because the battery has plenty of power. You need a longer reserve capacity so when the car is drawing amperage when it's shut off, you have the capacity there to maintain that. So uh, one of the interesting things she says was she went to two authorized dealers and they said she should pay $140 for a new Subaru battery. Finally, a representative told me quietly in the parking lot, the factory installed battery, a Class 25 with 356 cold cranking amps, is being replaced with a higher capacity battery because dealers are... uh, trying to resolve this issue on their own this led to her emailing Subaru to ask for ask what the recommended cold cranking capacity they haven't heard anything because I don't think they're actually admitting to it yet Um, I've heard about Subaru battery issues literally all around the country Uh, it has been I get emails from I got one from Alaska Texas California Florida Boston just about anywhere where people have said there is a problem. So just uh, something to be aware of. And, again, I like Subaru vehicles. I think they're great vehicles. I think they're perfect vehicles for New England. In fact, uh, we're going to be talking about a Subaru Impreza in just a little bit that got me around the last couple weeks or so on and off. And uh, just good little cars, the Impreza especially, a small car that gets good gas mileage and has pretty good storage inside of it, so certainly worth uh, taking a look at. Here's something I don't think is worth taking a look at, maybe because I don't fully understand it. And this comes from Global Results Publications is where I got it from. And it says, nearly every tier one automotive manufacturer, such as Ford, General Motors, Jaguar, Land Rover, BMW, and more, are working on to bring autonomous and self-driving cars to the market. Many believe onboard smart glasses will become the standard issue for passengers to provide them with real-time information and an extra layer of confidence in the vehicle to intercede as needed. Aeroglass, a leading development developer of augmented reality smart glasses solutions for aviation and automotive applications, is currently working with several original equipment manufacturers on the future of augmented reality in the car, which will allow passengers to... And it says passengers, but it doesn't say drivers. View turn-by-turn directions, notify them of detours, upcoming traffic avoidance, and other reasons behind any changes in the course. So in other words, it's a pair of glasses you put on that basically, like a fighter pilot does, it brings an image up in front of your eye that tells you what's going on. It says it can convey current speed, speed limits, as well as braking information of other vehicles, offer a lookup transparency display for video conferencing. Oh, that's just what the world needs, video conferencing behind the wheel, entertainment more, alert passengers to collision avoidance procedures, offer x-ray vision to see through parts of your car and view the surrounding environment. Volvo did something like that last year, and I don't know how they did it, But basically, you were driving the car, and you could see through the door of your car. So you could see passengers, bike riders, whatever, pulling up next to you. Um, Not sure how they did that. But uh, it's an interesting idea. Do we really need augmented reality in cars? I'm not so sure. 
Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. We'll be right back. Who's gonna pick you up when you fall? Who's gonna hang it up when you Stop for a moment and think about all the things we teach our children about America. The importance of freedom of speech, how we should always respect one another, and to always build someone up rather than breaking them down. Sadly, many of these messages have been lost on today's college campuses. Rather than being a safe place for the free exchange of thoughts and ideas, many are now dealing with opposing opinions through protests and shaming. But a new movie called No Safe Spaces looks to address this issue. It's an insightful yet entertaining collaboration between comedian Adam Carolla and political pundit Dennis Prager, aimed at discovering how we arrived here and how we can fix it. But it's a movie Hollywood won't make, which is why they've been raising the money themselves. But they need your help. They originally planned on a limited release in a few theaters, but the overwhelming response proved this message needs to be seen across the country. And with your help, that's what they'll do. Help save free speech by donating to their campaign at nosafespaces.com. Again, that's nosafespaces.com. When it comes to your car, AAA is the place for everything automotive. We have services that help our members save every step of the way, from researching and buying a new car to financing, insuring, repairing, and, of course, our world-class roadside assistance, available 24-7. The AAA auto buying program is a great tool. AAA members receive guaranteed pricing on new and used vehicles and even save an average of $3,000 on their new car purchase. We even make it easy to pay for your new car by offering low-rate financing. Once your vehicle's on the road, AAA Auto Insurance protects you with excellent coverage and competitive rates. For repairs or maintenance, AAA has an extensive network of approved auto repair facilities. These approved shops offer discounts to members and guarantee their work for 24 months or 24,000 miles. And when you really need help on the road, AAA Roadside assistance is there 24 hours a day seven days a week so for everything and anything automotive go to aaa.com slash everything auto this is santos Irizarry. today i am happy to have mr stephen hanley from the immaculate conception parish school so why don't you explain what is the immaculate conception parish school and where is it located well the immaculate conception parish school is located in Revere, massachusetts from preschool ages three to the eighth grade immaculate conception parish school is a christ-centered school with a catholic education excelling in high academics open to a culturally diverse population in Revere and in the surrounding areas we accept all in our school catholic and non-catholic we want to integrate christ in the classroom whether you're teaching 
teaching English or math, and you always have to be rooted in the scriptures and know what our Lord Jesus wants. And the other part is to have the families that are sending the children to Immaculate Conception School, that the Christian values that we promote and practice will reinforce what their families need. So in the last two years, we're seeing families come also from families who recently immigrated to this country are now attending the school. If a parent wants to contact you, what should they do? Uh, they can call the school. They can call 781-284-0519. 781-284-0519. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 Brand Image Awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Remember, our program is brought to you in part by AAA Northeast, the place that sends me a paycheck every couple of weeks. Uh, remember, we have we have all the services you need. In fact, I was talking to somebody just the other day, and they said, what don't you guys do? And I said, we don't. Just about everything. In fact, uh, bicycle road service for your bicycle. So if you're out over the 4th of July holiday and you get a flat tire on your bicycle, you can call AAA and someone will actually come out and pick you and your bicycle up and tow you, tow you or drive you up to 10 miles. So get you back to your car so you can get uh, maybe or back home to get your bicycle tire fixed or whatever the case is. If it's something minor like a chain came off, maybe we can help you with that too. Uh, for an additional fee, uh, we'll cover your motorcycle so you can get motorcycle coverage. Um, put a windshield in your car, put a battery in your car, refinance your home, refinance your car. Uh, my best line comes from uh, one of our one of my coworkers who said. I said, well, if you refinance your car, how much can you really save? Can you save that much? And he goes, well, you might save ten or twenty dollars a month, and or even five or six dollars a month. And I said, well, you know, five or six dollars a month. And he said, think about it. You're walking down the street, and it, you know, and you see a five dollar bill sitting by the edge of the edge of the street. Would you bend down to pick it up? I said, well, sure you would. And I said, and then if the same time next month you were walking down the same street and there was another $5 bill, would you pick it up? And I said, yeah. And then after the third month, you look forward to it. Same thing with refinancing your car. You know, if you can save a little bit of money and say it's only $10 a month, well, it's $120 a year, and over five years it's 600 bucks. So why not try to save it? Uh, so we were able to do all kinds of things besides what we were always known for, which is to be able to get you out of trouble and tow your car somewhere. In the Providence Journal today, uh, one of my columns I'm sure will cause a little bit of controversy, and the question is, most of, most of my driving trips are less than 10 miles at 30 to 40 miles per hour, and I only get about 18 miles per gallon with my car, and my car is a 2017 Mazda CX-7. Um, I see about, when I bought the car, uh, the literature said, 
I should get much higher fuel economy. The dealer says it's because I do so much local driving, but still I bought this SUV for room comfort and mileage. I'm expecting, am I expecting too much to think the mileage will be better? Um, couple of things. First off, if the car is brand, brand new, the mileage will get better as the engine breaks in, as it wears in, and that could take five or 6,000 miles in some cases for the mileage to really max out. Secondly, and where I think I might run into a little bit of controversy, I said the biggest impact on overall mileage isn't things like tire pressure or temperature, but the driver. And what I would ask the dealer to do is perform a fuel mileage test, a fuel efficiency test, and they can do that, and actually measure the fuel economy with someone driving the car in a very specific manner, and then compare it to what the mileage that you get. Now, if both of you are getting poor fuel economy, well, there could be a problem with the car. If one of you are getting poor fuel economy and the other isn't, there could be a problem with your type of driving. Now, some people, then they don't realize they're doing it, kind of push on and off the gas pedal lightly all the time. So if you've ever driven with one of those people, you know it because it feels like you're speeding up, slowing down, speeding up, slowing down. Not good for fuel economy. Slow and steady is the best thing to do. Other people drive like the gas pedal is an on and off switch. They accelerate hard and then coast, accelerate hard and then coast. And some people who drive around town do it the same way. That can have a huge effect in fuel economy. So... You know, those are some of the things that can have an effect on fuel economy, but certainly have the fuel economy tested to see what kind of, what it's really doing and see if there's really a problem or not. Another question came from a reader who said, I had my Subaru WRX, which is the hot rod little Subaru, and he said, I'm having a problem with the transmission, specifically second gear. Uh, either they get a grinding noise or the shifter actually pops out of gear, and it says, this happened suddenly after the car was in a repair shop. Was it something I've, I did or they did? And I said, well, you know, I've certainly seen cars abused by irresponsible repair technicians and parking lot attendants. Go to YouTube. Some people have hidden video cameras in their car and caught um, uh, parking lot attendants doing crazy burnouts and all kinds of things. So it's certainly possible. But I think at the same time, the transmission in some WRXs, and that's the high-performance version, that's the turbocharged version of the Impreza, maybe just weren't as strong as they could have been. I think it was more like the normal transmission. And I think with very aggressive driving, if you're somebody who wants to take advantage of all the 250-plus horsepower on a WRX, it may be just the transmission just ended its life, and it just may just be about worn out. So certainly something to think about. Don't always suspect someone did it. That Could they? Maybe. Maybe not. And another question was... Um, Somebody with a Ford Escape, they have a push-button start, which a lot of cars today have. People either like it or they don't. Uh, one of my coworkers is like, it's stupid. Why does anybody need push-button start? Other people have written to me and said, uh, in fact, one woman said her neighbors almost suffered from carbon monoxide poisoning because the uh, they didn't realize they didn't shut their car off. Eh. It's got to be some responsibility, I guess. But, um, but yeah, push the off button, make sure you shut the car off. And also, most cars will, with push button start, everyone I've ever driven, if you walk away from the car with your keys in your pocket and the car is still running, it beeps and chirps and makes all kinds of noise. Now, if you're sitting with your car in the garage, you might 
leave the keys in the cup holder or something and never think to take them out. So the car is going to think the keys are still in the car. But um, but I think you have to make sure the car shuts off. Um, but what they also asked was how long the engine would run if they started the car and somehow the keys got separated from the car. The dealer thought about a 1,000 feet or so, and they wanted to know if I knew. Well, the real answer is it will run till it runs out of gas. There is no correlation between proximity of the key in the car. So if you start the car, and I've seen this happen on many occasions, people start the car, then decide they have to go get something in the house. And maybe they're wearing a jacket. Maybe they decide they don't need to wear a jacket. So the keys are in the jacket pocket. They leave their jacket in the house, come back outside, jump in their car, drive away, go to the supermarket or wherever they're going, shut the car off, walk into the supermarket, come back, try to start the car and realize they don't have the keys. So they have to send somebody home to get the keys so they can start the car. So is there any, I have never seen anything that said once the keys get separated from the car, the car will stop running. And to me, I think it's a safety safety uh, issue. So. so just kind of one of those, one of those odd things that... Uh, you know, sometimes people ask about it, and I think it's I think they're good questions. If you want to join us, our phone number is six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Most used car shoppers will search for their next vehicle within the local area, but new research from car gurus shows that the adventurous deal seekers their opportunity to save money by f- a fly to buy car shop shopping getaway. Company analysts say that. Prices on comparable used cars can vary significantly from city to city, so it's possible to fly to another city to buy a used car at a much lower price, drive it home, and still save substantially after travel costs. For example, data shows that a car shopper living in Albany, New York, could save $2,000 on a 2015 Ford Mustang if they went to Miami to buy it rather than buy it in their hometown, including the cost of a flight to Miami and the cost of gas for the car to drive home. The shopper living in, uh, you know, can save money. A shopper in Albuquerque, New Mexico, can save nineteen hundred dollars on a twenty seventeen BMW three series by flying uh, to buy the car in Dallas. Again, gas and flight, uh, gas and uh, flight costs included. To find the optimal fly-to-buy cars and destination, CarGuru analysts studied millions of car listings nationwide comparing local market prices on comparable vehicles to identify the most significant regional price differences. They also factored in the average cost of both a plane ticket and gasoline needed to ride home. Shopping local makes sense for most shoppers, but adventurous car dealers could find a used car far outside their home region and still see big savings when the added bonus of a fun summer road trip is added in, according to Lisa Rosenberg. She's a data analyst. Even for the less ambitious shoppers, the research highlights how much variability there can be on used cars in different markets. Expanding your search even moderately can sometimes unearth opportunities to save. Um, for instance, the 2015 Ford Mustang is among the most popular search cars on car gurus. And, uh, Albany to Miami, estimated savings of over $2,000. Baltimore to Houston, about $1,300. Grand Rapids to Tampa, you could save maybe $1,300. So, again, some cars you will certainly save money. Nashville to Las Vegas, you'll save about $1,000. It says top fly to buy trips for popular cars. Um, 
the Chevy Tahoe, people were going all over the place, going from, say, Reno to New York, and why a Tahoe is so much cheaper in New York than it is in Reno, but they saw, and this was an older one, they saw savings of a couple thousand dollars. A Ford F-150, um, a lot cheaper in Ohio than it is in, in uh, Nashville. A 2014 Chevrolet Silverado, a lot cheaper in Boston than it is in Sacramento. So there are some savings here and there. And um, CarGurus compared the instant market value data on more than 5 million cars listed for sale in the continental United States and their largest metro areas. Analysts determined that the instant market value in the each metro market area for popular used cars and then compared the prices to comparable vehicles within the same area. That's how they calculated it. Kind of an interesting idea. CarGurus, if you've never been on their website, and it's a great it's a great website to look at. It was founded by a guy uh, uh, named Langley Steinart. He is um, he he was originally one of the co-founders of TripAdvisor, and it's a good online shopping site. and uh, And uh, we've talked to Steve Halloran from there on several occasions about uh, different things about their site, and always a good place to go looking for stuff. Our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven. 770-3030 is how you get through and talk to us about your car and your car problems. Um, I'm driving a, a Honda Odyssey for a couple of days, and the Honda Odyssey has been the best-selling minivan with individual American buyers for seven consecutive years and the most popular minivan with buyers under the age of 35. This is fun facts from the folks at Honda. Uh, Honda has sold more than 2.5 million Odysseys in the U.S. since 1994, I see a lot of them on the road. Odyssey has accounted for roughly 30% of all of Honda's U.S. light truck sales since the introduction. Um, current on all 2018 Odyssey models is, um, they were, they were done, all their research and development was done in Ohio. More than 200 Odysseys are registered in the same name of associates at the Honda R&D Center. Um, the second generation Odyssey was the largest vehicle Honda ever made, and it required the creation of all new plant in Ontario. In 2001, the production of the Odyssey moved from Canada to Lincoln, Alabama. This is the fourth generation of the Odyssey to be built in Alabama. Honda Manufacturing of Alabama has produced every Odyssey since then, 2.2 million of them. Uh, some of the interesting things about it, it has a... Um, cabin watch system so it actually has an infrared camera that aims at the second and third row seat to i guess check on kids back there and if, you know you you don't you look at the camera to make sure they're what they're up to also it has a pa system it has a you can talk to the people in the third row without having to yell with a little intercom system which i thought was a little bit which i thought was kind of unique uh nissan did that with the little nv van um but they did it more for taxicab purposes, but I guess Honda decided um, an interesting idea. The other thing that they, Honda did a couple of years ago that people love, it has an onboard vacuum cleaner. People love that. Um, the car also has something which I have never seen before, and that's a 10-speed automatic transmission. So just when you think there isn't enough speeds, they added more. And it has a 10-speed automatic transmission. It also has variable cylinder management, which means it can shut off um, various cylinders in the car to get better fuel economy. Uh, it's it's also a 
it's also a pretty high performance engine. It's a 3.5 liter V6. It produces 280 horsepower and 262 foot pounds of torque. And that's 32 horsepower and 12 foot pounds of torque over previous models. This new 10 speed transmission is a first for minivan and front wheel drive vehicles. It gives a wider ratio, smoother performance. Um, at 62 miles an hour, it's barely idling at 1500 RPM. Uh, really kind of unique. It also has this magic slide seat, which is easily um, reconfigurable and allows access to the third row. Hands-free power lift gate, so you can walk up to the back of the car and have the hatch open up. Uh, cabin watch, like I said, an in-car child monitor with infrared camera. Cabin talk, an in-car PA system with wireless headphone broadcasting, so if your kids are in the back and they're listening on headphones, you can interrupt what they're listening to and talk to them without having to yell at them so a lot of interesting features so and also it has over-the-air updates for the digital audio and uh and other systems via wi-fi so it's got a lot of interesting features in a in a minivan and you kind of think minivan is just a box on wheels but it actually there's a lot going on with it so certainly something worth uh worth taking a look at if you're looking for a minivan it really looks like a really nice one uh promised to talk a little bit about the uh, Subaru Impreza. The Impreza is just a nice, uh, in, it's either a sedan or a hatchback. The one I drove was a hatchback. Uh, plenty of room inside of it. Fold down the rear seats, becomes kind of a lot of room in it. Uh, handling is really quite good. The performance from the four-cylinder engine was good. Fuel economy, almost, you know, out on the highway, high 30s. Uh, good fuel economy in the car. Uh, good comfort in the front seats. Car that you could certainly drive around. Uh, but all-wheel drive, so handles the winter weather with uh, without any problems at all. Uh, quiet on the road. Um, just, I, I think, a car that if you're looking for a small all-wheel drive car that's not going to, it's not going to break the bank, uh, you know, twenty twenty-two thousand dollars $22,000 with, uh, with all the bells and whistles like EyeSight and the, their collision avoidance systems and all of that, closer to twenty-five, but uh, certainly a car that um, that is able to able to do the job for winter. There's an article in Automotive News and it says how Ford turned up its quality ranking. It says early this decade, Ford Motor Company suffered a series of uh, bungled product launches, small car. Uh, Transmission issues, infotainment nightmares, and a few other problems. And it says, although it still faces problems, including a massive door latch recall, which was expanded in March, and dented profits, the automaker last week hit an important milestone. The Ford brand achieved its highest mark since the study started 30 years ago, placing it fourth overall and second among non-luxury makes. It tied for fourth with Ram, trailed Porsche, Genesis, and Kia, which... uh, Again, grabbed the top spots. They uh, really rolled up their sleeves and tried to do some extra work, according to um, the folks from uh, J.D. Power and Associates. A lot of things uh, sorted out and came together, and they were able to take care of it. So in 2017, the initial quality ranking uh, put Ford at fourth. Last year, they were 16th. Um, they were 12th, they were 16th in 2014, they were 27th in 13, 27th in 2012. So, uh, things, things have gotten better at Ford Motor Company. And, and it's kind of one of those things that sometimes falls under the difference between actual quality and perceived quality. And Ford earlier on, prior to 2012, 
their perceived quality wasn't that good, but their actual quality, they actually did pretty well. So it's, you know, sometimes you have to look at what people say. Do, you know, Honda and Acura still make great vehicles? Absolutely. Do the domestic manufacturers make good cars? Yeah, they still do too. So, um, so there's some, there's some good stuff to look at and certainly worth, you know, if you're, if you say, I don't want to buy a, I don't want to buy a Ford because I heard the quality's not that good. That's not really the case. So what do you think about driverless vehicles? Well, there's a, one of the concerns that companies are having is could hackers get into driverless vehicles? Consensus is growing on the need to have national legislation to govern autonomous vehicle development, but cybersecurity protection for connected cars looms as a possible area of conflict. High-profile political folks uh, are are looking at mandatory federal standards to defend against hackers taking control of their vehicles, interrupting wireless communications, deliberately causing car crashes. Automakers say um, they share the uh, objective of keeping malware out of self-driving vehicles, but they need a more flexible approach to deal with the risk. We think the best way to... uh, Realize your objective is to have a dynamic approach, according to the president of the Alliance of Automobile Manufacturers. He testified recently at um, the Commerce Committee hearing. Um, what do you think about driverless vehicles? Are you ready for them? Um, I don't know. I don't know that I am, but I don't think we should stop the development of them either. I think we should keep looking and see what's see what there is see what there is to uh, for driverless vehicles to offer people. You know, for somebody who's had too much to drink, for somebody whose vision's not that good, for somebody who's getting a little older and has trouble driving, a driverless vehicle could be a good way to get around. So, so how are cars selling so far this year? U.S. auto sales are running short of last year's record pace, but still pretty good. Uh, they sold about 150,000 Toyota Camrys, uh, Toyota Corollas, Honda Civics. Uh, so while volume has fallen about 2% in May, several old-fashioned races are shaping up. And, uh, you know, Ford Mustang, Chevrolet Camaro, they're kind of head-in-head with the Dodge Challenger following right behind it. Why don't we take another quick break? My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. Mustang Sally. to your car. AAA is the place for everything automotive. We have services that help our members save every step of the way, from researching and buying a new car, to financing, insuring, repairing, and of course, our world-class roadside assistance, available 24-7. The AAA Auto Buying Program is a great tool. 
AAA members receive guaranteed pricing on new and used vehicles and even save an average of $3,000 on their new car purchase. We even make it easy to pay for your new car by offering low-rate financing. Once your vehicle's on the road, AAA Auto Insurance protects you with excellent coverage and competitive rates. For repairs or maintenance, AAA has an extensive network of approved auto repair facilities. These approved shops offer discounts to members and guarantee their work for 24 months or 24,000 miles. And when you really need help on the road, AAA Roadside Assistance is there 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So for everything and anything automotive, go to AAA.com slash everything auto. In a recent Bonham research study, they found there are now more full-time senior passers who are over the age of 65 than under the age of 40. Even though these shepherds are wise and counsel, it is imperative that we find and deploy the next generation of pastors to share the good news of Jesus Christ throughout the entire New England area in the upcoming years. I'm Pat Ryan, General Manager of Salem Media Group here in Boston, and we have the same mission on air with our programs that you hear daily, and we need your help. We are looking for the pastors who can communicate the gospel clearly and responsibly and provide a Christian worldview in today's worldly struggles on the radio. Does this type of communicator and leader lead your church? Call me at 617-691-2521 and consider sharing your pastor on the radio with the entire city. That's 617-691-2521. Don't you just hate the hassle of car buying? Make it easy by finding your financing first. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union for over two decades, I know that they always put their members first with some of the most competitive car rates around. You can figure out what you want to spend before you even go shopping. Come visit the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and apply today. Or call 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Equal Opportunity Lender. Right now through the end of July, save $70 on four select Goodyear tires at all Sullivan Tire locations. When it comes to driving, peace of mind is always important. So Sullivan Tire is offering you an additional $40 off any four tires with the purchase of our peace of mind package. And there's more. Buy three, get the fourth tire absolutely free on all Kelly brand tires. The savings are red hot this July. See SullivanTire.com. Hey, I'm Paul Sullivan. From our family to yours, have a safe and wonderful holiday. Thank you. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL with Spirit of Boston. Uh, if you would like to join us, our phone number is 617-770-3030. Phone lines have been awfully quiet, 617-770-3030. Uh, people must be busy getting ready getting ready for 4th uh, of July holiday. It's a, weird, it's a weird time because we're the, I mean, it happens however many years. The calendar is always the calendar, but where 4th of July falls on a Tuesday, now, all of a sudden, it becomes a four- and five-day weekend for people. Some people took Friday off, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Some people just Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. For me, I'm not sure because did I take Saturday off? No, I'm here. I'm here. Here's the, here's the 
we've seen some pretty big car dealerships here in New England, but out in California, I don't know, I think a dealership bought a shopping mall. It says, customers who drop off their vehicles at the Lexus dealership in Southern California have a lot more to look for forward to than a drab waiting room. The dealership itself, let's see, it says here, the dealership is the centerpiece of a 326,000-square-foot uh, facility built in 2009 that has amenities ranging, well, let's talk about size. The average Walmart, for instance, is 100 to 110,000 square feet. So this is three times a Walmart or three times a Home Depot or something like that. So it has amenities ranging from an upscale restaurant to outdoor spaces. It looks like it overlooks it, it looks like it's a it overlooks the mountains. Um but it says it's uh it'll host a summer concert series, not to mention an occasional wedding. Uh, the center, as it's known, is designed to draw potential customers into the dealership and keep existing customers coming back. According to Drew Davis, the center's general manager, the dealership's ownership group rents spaces to businesses that offer services uh, potential buyers may might want. Um, it's about respecting people's time, Davis said. Time is the most precious commodity. And if they can come here and do multiple things at once and really maximize their time, you're really taking care of them. The building uh, catches customers' attention because of the sweeping glass windows, the large signs. Um, the building also has about a 5,000 square f- feet of retail space, including a salon, a boutique clothing store, a library, ma- massage chairs, and an art gallery featuring local artist works. In addition, it has about 25,000 square feet of space for events ranging from corporate meetings to weddings. It hosts about 6,000 events each year. It's all part of the ownership's vision to draw customers in and change the way they think about the dealerships. If you want to work, if you want to come to relax, if you want to come and eat, uh, we kind of have it all covered here. He says customers are more likely to want to come back when their lease is up or they need regular service, uh, when they have uh, when they happen to be in their cycle of buying or leasing. They know us, they feel relaxed and comfortable here, and they've walked past that red Lexus four times, so they come in and they say, maybe it's time to buy it. Uh, and so they've owned, you know, they, they sell about 200 new and used vehicles a month, uh, but they have a whole bunch of stuff, a jazz series, uh, pretty interesting concept. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Frank. Good morning, Frank. Morning, John Paul. How are you? I have a, pretty good. How are you doing? Good. I got a question on, I picked up an 88 Corvette last fall, and uh, every now and then, the idle goes erratic. It goes up to like 1,400 and stuff, and then sometimes it stays it like that, and you can leave it in second gear and go down the road there without touching the gas, you know what I mean? But it doesn't do it all the time. It doesn't, you know, every four or five times I use it, it... Uh, be idle there, it goes erratic on me, starts climbing. What have you done to it so far? I haven't, I, the only thing I checked was the PCV valve or whatever there. I uh, took that out and shook it, you know, to see if it was rattled. Yeah. 
And it's loose. It's still loose and rattles. That's the only thing I know about the... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, and and uh, I remember, uh, I remember, I was, uh, I was, uh, I took a class at the General Motors Training Center, and uh, we were talking about different things that cause cars to run good or bad or whatever the case is, and and one of one of the things was uh, I I remember the I remember the instructor saying, uh, uh, you know, how do you, how do you guys check a PCV valve? And we said, well. Uh, you know, you you pull it out, you shake it and rattle it, and he said, "You really all that tells you is your ears are working." And <laughs> and I always kind of and I always kind of remembered that. So, um, you know, does that does that mean anything? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Um, you know what? You know, is there a possible vacuum leak? Yeah, there could there could be, um, and that's causing the idle to bump up and down a little bit. Uh, so that that could be part of it. So I think I'd want to look at some, you know, some possible intermittent vacuum leak. And I think you might have been on the right track. The other thing is, as I recall, with these with these uh, 350 uh, V8s, follow the PCV hose. When you take the when you look at the hose as it bends around the manifold, look and see if there's any possibility the hose is collapsed or has a hole in the bottom of it. Because that will let air, that will suck air in. When it sucks air in, the fuel injection will try to make up for it. And when it tries to make up for it, it'll start to race the engine up and down a little bit. So that's, that's one thing. And then, you know, then you, you have to look at the, you know, just, you know, what's going on with the, with the idle controller itself and, you know, find out, find out what you, what you need to do. It's an electronic, um, kind of a, uh, actuator thing on that. And, uh, it's possible that there's a where it screws into the uh, throttle body. There's the idle air controller valve, and if that's hanging up or stuck, that might be the problem. And it uses a uh, uses a, a a big size kind of nut on the on the IAC motor on the idle air control. It's like an inch and a quarter or something. It's a big big thing, and you can take it out and you can clean the pintle, the part that moves in and out, uh, and it may just be sticking. So. Um, so what you need to do is, um, and one of the things you don't want to you don't want to uh, disconnect that with the engine running because if you do, you have to do the whole idle reset. But um, that might be another thing to look at. So look at the idle air control. But before I did that, I look check that PCV hose though and see if it's collapsed or it's actually has a hole in the bottom of it where it bends around and connects back to the intake manifold. You may find that that's where the problem is. Yeah, now the. The EGR valve, is that what uh, you're talking about? No, no, the EGR valve is something different. The EGR valve is located on top of the manifold. It, it's about maybe three inches in diameter, and it sticks up off the manifold maybe an inch or so. That What that's designed to do at certain times when you're on and off the gas, it opens up and it recirculates gas, exhaust gases to help lower vehicle emissions. You could... You could temporarily, and you can you can find it when you open the hood. It's it's uh, it looks like um, I don't know, kind of like a mushroom growing under there. It's a it's a like I said, it's about three inches around. It sticks up off the manifold, and you can, it has a vacuum line that's connected to it. You could pull the vacuum line off of it and plug it temporarily and take it for a ride and see and see how it acts. And that's going to give you an idea what the um, 
you know, if if that is sticking periodically, it'll do the same thing. But usually when an EGR valve sticks, it won't cause the engine to race. It usually just causes the engine to idle real erratic and stall. So I don't think I don't think it's a I don't think it's an EGR valve. I think it's more the idle air control mode is probably shot. Um prob probably that's you know, probably that's more where where the problem is but again i'd look for i'd look for easy things first and like i said the first thing i'd probably look for is the um is the hose only because it's nice and easy and it was real common on not just corvettes any you know any v8 in the in the late 80s early 90s uh so you know that's that's kind of where you know that's kind of where i'd want to look and you know if you and if you find out that the you know the um the idle the idle speed control of the you know that thing called an idle air control if if that's what it is i mean you know that's what it is and you can buy one and you know they're a hundred bucks or so and and like i said less than an hour's you know it's an hour or so labor to get to it and then reset the idle afterwards so uh but that that's where i'd probably i'd start by maybe looking for vacuum leaks and then maybe cleaning that idle air control motor off make sure it's all good and clean not all filled with carbon and then see what see what it does after that when you when you plug that vacuum hose like you said what what would the uh what would be the result of that as far as uh well what's going to happen when you plug the vacuum line going to the EGR valve the EGR valve isn't going to open so it's not going to it's not going to cause the idle to get weird but it's also it also is going to cause it could cause the engine to knock and ping a little bit, and the emissions levels are going to go up a little bit. So it's only something you do temporarily. You know, drive around with it disconnected for a few days and see if it see if it acts up or not. But that's the vacuum line for the EGR valve, not for the PCV valve. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank All you. All right. Good luck with it. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven. Seven seventy thirty three. Look, the phones do work. Amazing. Uh, if you're thinking about buying a, a new Toyota Camry and you said, you know, the old one's just not powerful enough, well, the new one's going to be more powerful. Toyota Motor Company is giving the re-engineered Camry a big bump in fuel economy and horsepower, especially a new standard four-cylinder engine. The fuel efficiency of the 2018 Camry's new 2.5-liter four-cylinder engine is estimated by the EPA to be 29 miles per gallon in the city and 41 miles per gallon on the highway. So a big, you know, kind of not big, but big for today's standards, I guess. Four-door sedan that's getting 41 miles per gallon on the highway. That's really good fuel economy. The new base four-cylinder engine generates 206 horsepower, up from uh, the 178. And the last time I drove a a plain Jane Toyota Camry four-cylinder engine, I actually stopped to see if it was a four or a V or a V6 because I thought it actually performed that well. Um, so the base engine is 178. The new one is two, 206. So better fuel economy and more horsepower. A retooled uh, V6 is also made it to a new eight-speed transmission because again, you can't have enough gears. It gets an eight percent bump in fuel economy. Uh, Twenty-two city, thirty-three highway, twenty-six combined. Um, it's it's also uh, a boost in horsepower too. Three hundred one horsepower versus two sixty-eight. So again, we're kind of giving horsepower away these days. A hybrid version is also will receive enhanced fuel economy rating with the EPA at 51 city, 53 highway. Uh, the Toyota uh, 
Camry LE Hybrid is the only trim to have a lithium-ion battery pack and some other efficiency gains versus the higher SE and XLE trim patterns, which uh, trims which don't do quite as well. So, uh, new and exciting for the new for 2018. Uh, new, definitely exciting. Not maybe, but. Small steps for better fuel economy, more power is always good. Uh, Honda's uh, previewing the Accord, the new um, family sedan isn't going the way of the American family wagon anytime soon. But Honda, like many rivals, is determined to make the midsize car engaging, and this comes from Automotive News, and keep its edge in a waning but still key segment. How can they say that sedans aren't? going to still be popular the ninth uh, generation 2013 uh, 2013 accord um built by honda at the time as the most sculpted and dynamic mid-size sedan ever engineered and designed by the company will be topped with this uh, new vehicle which will debut uh sometime in the next two weeks honda called the re-engineered sedan the most fun to drive premium dynamically styled Accord ever. The Accord is going fastback, just like every other sedan in the uh, in the segment, including the latest Chevrolet Malibu. The 10th generation Accord will be offered in with two new direct injection turbocharged engines paired with Honda's new 10-speed automatic transmission, the one that's in the Odyssey, and continually variable or six-speed manual. So you can get a manual still. An optional V6 has been dropped for 2018. The Honda's latest two-motors hybrid technology will also be available and Jaguar came out with a crossover was called the F-Pace and have I seen many of them on the road not a lot I've seen a few did I like it yeah I thought it was they did a really nice job with it kind of a compact crossover but they're coming out with a second crossover called the E-Pace not not all that creative in their names um and it's, uh, I think it's, just, you know, it's designed to compete with those high-end luxury, good handling, like the Porsche Macan, maybe, and you know, maybe an Audi, something like that. Um, but the E-Pace compact crossover will be um, Jaguar's second utility vehicle crossover. And it'll come out sometime next year, a third crossover with a battery uh, pack called the uh, Big Surprise I-Pace. Uh, we'll join Jaguar's lineup uh, uh, sometime next year as well. And this was a total surprise to me, and it says here in this article, Porsche created a successful template for the high-performance utility vehicles, first with the Cayenne and then with the Macan. Um, I remember talking with the president of Porsche about their thoughts about potentially coming out with a SUV. And... I said, come on, Porsche's never going to come out with an SUV. And sure enough, they did, and it's been hugely successful. Um, it's unclear whether the E-Pace will uh, ride on, but like the Macan, the E-Pace will be a high-performance crossover. Jaguar said the combination of sports car looks with Jaguar performance will ensure the E-Pace stands out. According to Ian Callum, he's the Jaguar director of design. So... Um, what it does mean is technical details have not been released, but Jaguar says the E-Pace will be available with the company's um, gasoline engines. This means no V6, no diesels, no hybrid, at least for the launch. The most powerful four-cylinder is the uh, four-cylinder turbo, which is 
Uh, still rated 300 horsepower, comes with standard all-wheel drive, so interesting stuff. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's take another call. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, John. Um, John, you were talking about self-driving cars, and uh, I was watching a TV show, Jay Leno's Garage. I don't know you may have caught it and you've spoken about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't catch it as often as I'd like because um, I, I kind of like his take on stuff, and, and for some reason I keep missing when it's on. So, Yeah, you, you appreciate the humor as yeah. well. But um, he was talking about uh, U.S. manufacturing, you know, in, in cars, et cetera, and he talked about a, a car company, a startup that's basically um, – they created a vehicle called the Divergent 3D Blade, and it's uh, a 3D metal printed vehicle that snaps really? together. Yeah, uh, basically they 3D metal print it, snap it together. But here's some of the information: it weighs about 1,400 pounds. Okay. Um, it's 720 horsepower. <laughs> wow. It goes from zero to 60 in 2.2. Its basic weight weight to power ratio is that of a Formula One car. Now, you know, when you saw this thing, you know it's not the average everyday driver, but right. I was just, when you were thinking about the future, 3D printing, you know, you hear about that. Anything that you have heard or may share or any thoughts at all about that kind of a thing coming down because, you know, it's a startup company and it's a U.S. manufacturer and I just thought it was kind of an interesting thing. The guy's name, CEO, is a uh, Kevin Zinger, C Z I N G E R. I don't know, maybe somebody to maybe think about as a possibility yeah. of Yeah, I just I just I just Googled a picture of it. It's a pretty exotic looking car, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. And obviously it it's going from zero to sixty in two point two seconds. And it's supposed it's supposed to be street legal, so that's he kind of emphasized that. But um, you know, the idea of a three D printed car snapping together, it's almost Mind you, a little bit of a the Lego kind of thing snapped yeah. together, and yeah, and there you got it. But uh, yeah, it's it like, kind of- you know, it's it's interesting because um, the whole idea that you know someone can actually print a car, um, whether it's you know some you know some crazy thing like this, or um, there's a company I think they're located in Arizona called Local Motors, and they were actually I think they started here in New England and they moved out there. And they are they are a company that originally started, and they teamed up with uh, SolidWorks. It's a it's a, a software program, and they're friends. The local Motors people are friends with the Factory Five people down in Wareham that build the Cobra kits. And they started off by building these sort of off road trucks that you went out and you you. You basically went to their little factory and you built your own vehicle. But what they've done now is they've actually created a uh, printable car. And it uses a gigantic 3D printer. And I saw there was, I think it was the New York Auto Show. It might have been the Detroit Auto Show. And they had this giant 3D printer in kind of a glass box. And it was building components of the car, including what would be called the frame and the body. And once the pieces were all made, there was somebody over there with a little, like, angle angle grinder, and they were grinding off all the rough surfaces. And 
basically what they did is they put all the pieces together. They put an electric motor and battery set up in it. And, you know, at the end of a day or two, I guess they built a car. So the idea that, yeah, I mean, the idea that, you know, you can, you know, you can go buy your own little 3D printer and build, you know, little miniature things. But the idea that somehow you're going to be able to build a, you know, real 3D car. Now, this one looked like, uh, have you ever seen a 3D printer, a regular 3D printer? I have, yes. Yeah, and and sort of what it looks like is, um, it kind of looks like they take plastic and melt it, and it kind of goes back and forth and melts the stuff together. And this is what a little a little of what it looked like, and and the reel of stuff looked like uh, plastic, um, like weed whacker string, like really thick weed whacker string. And it was melting this stuff on top of it, and it was you'd watch the nozzle go back and forth, and you know build build the sections of this vehicle. And but their thought was, you know, when it gets done. You can do two things. You can kind of leave it alone, or you go over there and you kind of grind all the roughness off of it, and then you paint it. Now, I have seen there's a there was a college um, program that I saw, and they actually built the equivalent of like a AC Cobra kit, so kind of that Cobra retro Cobra style, and they did it in a 3D printer. But they all but they they had the same outside finish, but they ground it all down. So they spent another you know probably another week you know grinding all the surfaces down so it was nice and smooth so they could paint over it afterwards and that was pretty good but the idea that you could have all the electric components run this 3d printer for a day or however long it took to make the parts uh, you know screw the parts together and have a car two days later that you made in your garage uh, that's, that's that's pretty amazing yeah it is when you think about it you know you you start during the day, you know, 24 hours later, voila, there's your car. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. And, and you know, I think it was back, you know, a couple of years ago, Ezra Dyer from Popular Mechanics actually did a whole story and may, may have gone out to uh, local motors and, and, and looked at the vehicle. But because uh, I, I remember talking to him about it, but it's it's just the idea of, that you can actually print something functional out of a, out of a printer that, no, Granted, you'd have to print a lot of them because I can't imagine these gigantic 3D printers are cheap. But the idea yeah. that maybe, um, I mean, you see you see these kind of things popping up in old warehouses where you go in and you rent space in a warehouse and there's, you know, lathes and woodworking tools and other, all these other, um, you know, kind of spaces where you can do work and the tools are kind of community-owned. You know, the idea that somebody may community-own a... 3D, gigantic 3D printer that, you know, every day after work you go over there and spend a couple hours and print out another piece of your car until you get all the pieces made up. I don't, it's pretty amazing. It is. So that would be something, you know, like fiberglass where, you know, yep. you've got no rust issues, those kinds of things. So, I mean, there would be that kind of advantage maybe to something like this? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. No, you know, no rust. The strength, the the material strength, they said was was as strong as metal, lightweight, and even though it used a small electric motor, it was uh, it was still pretty pretty peppy to drive. Sure, it's pretty it's pretty wild when you think about it. Yeah, no, I know. No, all right, John. All right, you take care now. Yeah, I wish you and your family a happy Fourth and Karen's as well too. Thank you kindly. I always enjoy the show. All right, thank you. Bye bye now. I think we need to take another break. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Highway, I will ride it all. 
Take your faith to another level this year. How? By traveling on an all-inclusive and inspiring journey to the only place in the world where history and innovation unite. Experience Israel this November 1st through the 10th. Come along with General Manager Pat Ryan, Pastor Karen Rudwanski, and nationally known teaching pastor Sean Thornton for nine memorable days. Visit historic places like the Sea of Galilee, the Garden of Gethsemane, and the Dead Sea. Be there as the Bible comes to life and experience the sights and sounds of the places you may have only dreamt about seeing. What's more, this year marks a special year for Israel, the 50th anniversary of the city of Jerusalem. Be in the Holy Land to commemorate the significant occasion for the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. Your dream to visit Israel can be a reality this year. Make plans now to experience Israel, happening November 1st through the 10th. For full cost and trip details and to register today, visit experienceisraeltour.com. That's experienceisraeltour.com. Don't you just hate the hassle of car buying? Make it easy by finding your financing first. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union for over two decades, I know that they always put their members first with some of the most competitive car rates around. You can figure out what you want to spend before you even go shopping. Come visit the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and apply today. Or call 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Equal Opportunity Lender. If you're listening right now, you must like us. This is John Paul, the car doctor, heard every Saturday from 8.30 to 10 a.m. Join our fan club and let us thank you for listening to us by giving you special offers. Find out what they are by joining today at WROLradio.com. AM 950 WROL Boston, home of the Irish Hit Parade, Saturdays 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. A service of Salem Media Group. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Uh, I found the article about uh, that was in Popular Mechanics, and I'll just read a little bit of it. It says, this spring, Fiat uh, Chrysler CEO uh, called out the auto industry for a staggering amount, and this was a year and a half ago. Staggering amount of money it wastes on design and manufacturers' cars. This solution is based on classic business principles, consolidate and eliminate redundancy. Local Motors CEO Jay Rogers perceives the cha- same challenge, but he's attacking and from a completely different direction. For Rogers, the problem stems not from business organization, but from the fact that we still build cars the same way we did on ni- in 1915 on assembly lines with thousands of individ- individual parts. He doesn't have to be that way, and the proof is parked in his, apparently he's in Tennessee, I'm sorry, in his Knoxville, Tennessee garage, charged up and ready to drive. Uh, Local's answer to cost-cutting question is the Strati, a the first 3D printed car, it's humble, although very cool looking, according to Ezra. 
uh, built, printed in Detroit with collaboration from Oak Ridge National Library in uh, Laboratory, rather. Uh, in Tennessee, the Stratty is a small electric two-seater, the first of many models and locals' plans. Two factories scaled to employ 100 people each are under construction now and scheduled for completion by the end of 2015. Local plans, um, two factories. Uh, so, again, they plan to build their own cars, but it could also end up working as a supplier. Um the first 3D printed car is a little bit crude. It's dashboard looking like stacked silicone beads, like I said, from a caulking gun. Its uh, flanks are smooth, resembling exposed parts of uh, carbon fiber. Um, other parts look like they just came out of the printer, so you can see that. But uh, they can make it look any way they want. You could put uh, vinyl wrap on it, so the car would be completely recyclable. Um, the... Uh, it's made from carbon fiber reinforced plastic, so it's versatile, strong, and relatively cheap material that could enable some approaches to safety. Thanks uh, to nature and 3D printing, where the car is built in layers squirted from nozzles from a massive printer, uh, so apparently strong enough. Seatbelt mounts are anchored deep into the body. Uh, you could uh, bond springy bumpers to cushion pedestrian impacts. Right now, the locals experimenting with printable elastic polyurethane material called Ninja Flex. Uh, the prototype he drove, uh, Ezra drove, is a third that local printed and took about 40 hours. So a normal work week or two days with the printer running straight. The company is currently looking at for an electric powertrain supplier. Uh, the rear-wheel drive strategy is envisioned as a city car, but Rogers isn't blind to performance p capabilities. If you put a motor with 150 or 200 horsepower, it would be a lot of fun. Uh, but it has headlights in it, you know, uh, it has a windshield on it, so it's a, a fully functional car. Um, he claims that, uh, you know, by, by building this, and again, pretty, pretty rough around the edges, but, you know, the one I saw was a little bit better than this because it was a little bit newer than this. So, uh, kind of, kind of an interesting concept. And completely at the other end of this, and this is, uh, the chairman of Chrysler, um, I guess he must add something to agree with this. The 840 horsepower Dodge Demon says, sign up here, here, and here. And says, uh, uh, the 840 horsepower Dodge Challenger SRT Demon is arriving later this year. And the risk that drivers might abuse the ample power is so Chrysler has apparently a lot of things they want you to sell if you're going to buy one. The customer assumes risk all associated with this vehicle and waives any and all claims against FCA or the dealer. The drag tires are not recommended for driving in wet weather conditions where there is a risk of hydroplaning. The customer should never use the track-only feature function uh, equipment or parts on public roads or any other prohibited area. If the vehicle is not factory equipped with a passenger seat, customers shall never install a passenger seat because the passenger will not be properly protected. Customers shall read and fully understand the vehicle's owner's manual, user guide, 28 Demon Supplement, and the 2018 Demon Tips cards to uh, in their entirety before printing 
before prior to operating a vehicle. Customers shall have full responsibility and shall assume all risks related to the use of the features and applications in this vehicle and shall only use the features and applications when it's safe to do so. Failure to do so may result in an accident, which we don't like that word, crash involving serious injury and death. Wow, so you got to sign a lot of stuff. 617-770-3030 is our phone number. I believe we have Peter on the phone. Hello, Peter. Hello, John Paul. Hello, Peter, and how are you? I'm hanging in there. Pretty good. Yes. Taking it easy. That's good. Uh, all right, I'm enjoying the show. Um, I was thinking about those autonomous cars, you know, and I agree with you. Um, um, although trust them. Yeah, I, I, you know, maybe in the, you know, in the number of years, um, uh, you know, that I, you know, I might need one if I start driving like Mr. Magoo. Well, you know, that, that's, that's where I see the possibilities. You know, if you're somebody who has, um, you know, a variety of, you know, macular degeneration. So you have this, you know, you can't see directly in front of you, but you can see off to the left and the right. Well, an autonomous right. vehicle could get you to the store, the supermarket, visit friends, and you could still be able to get around once you get out of the car. So, you know, the possibilities for people with medical problems or, or like I said, the, the, the person who had that extra couple of drinks before they left the restaurant all of a sudden now gets in their car and the car drives them safely home rather than, you know, taking a chance. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's courage. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, I, Because, well, you know, right... Well, right you, know, that event, you know, when I get older, I still won't trust them. Well, you know, there, there's always that... Lot, you know, yeah, but... There's always that bit of that. And, for instance, you know, right now we're seeing some autonomous features in cars, like cars that will automatically apply, apply the brake if the car in front of you stops, or a car that, or a car that drifts out of the road and the system tries to bring it back into the road if you take your hands off the wheel. Well, as people get a little bit used to that stuff, they'll start to look forward to it, I think. And then maybe at yeah. some point they will start to trust it. All right. Good point, because... Uh some guy's on the nod after smoking too much weed or something else. You know, it could save you. It, 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 it very well could. It very well could. Yeah. So, you know, these, well, are, these, I, are, I, these are all I, systems. Should you trust them? Uh, maybe not yet, but I don't want to say don't, you know, stop the development of it because I think the development, you know, as we look how at How long do you think it'll take before they get this down? Oh, in a, in a best case in a local area, so if you were in downtown Boston and you stayed within downtown Boston, maybe in the yeah. next five to ten years, but the idea that you're going to be able to push a button and drive, have your car drive you from Boston to Chicago, yeah, that's a long time coming. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I love to drive. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you it's go. Right. So, you know, um, uh, I know this may sound like, um, well, an obvious question, but I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, they are designing these, of course, so that you can drive, you can manually drive the thing anytime you want. You just have to throw a switch and it, it goes autonomous. Um, most of I them mean, do. I, most I, of them I mean, do, you, but you have the op- one has the option. Uh, isn't that how? That that buy. is what the government that is what the government wants. Although the very first Google cars, the ones that looked like little pod cars, when they first built them. 
All they had was a big red button in the middle of the dash that if you needed to make an emergency stop, you'd hit the you'd hit the button. No different than if you've ever seen like a a, a big shop setting where there's a big emergency shutoff switch that shuts off everything in the shop in case there's an emergency. Yeah. That's, that was sort of the switch. That that's all they had. But the uh, in California they said you can't have cars without steering wheels and brake pedals. So they shipped the cars back to uh, I think it was Penske that was building them. And uh, they made them put steering wheels and brake pedals in them. Ah, well, they should put a, 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 a nice big green button in too for the ejector seat. Well, you know that that's a, that's an idea, <laughs> but only from the passenger side. Yeah, right, James Bond. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it's the, it's these kind of things that make that make uh, driving sort of interesting. And you know, I I like to drive mostly, but there's times where I don't like to drive, and I think it would be nice to have that option. Um, but right yeah. now, right now, even the best, uh, you know, Tesla probably has the best autonomous vehicle out there, and it's still something you have to pay attention to. And um, I don't think they're not, in spite of all the YouTube videos, they're not quite there yet. And I think the yeah. next one behind that is probably Volvo, and they're quite a few steps behind it. So I, I think we got a long ways to go before you're going to be able to get in the car and have it have it do all the work for you. Well, I asked you a, a couple of weeks ago about the CX-5 Mazda. Yeah. Um, does it have a, enough horsepower? Did you test drive it? Oh yeah, I I think it's fine. I said, like I said, it might. You never know. It might be my next car. The, the first ones were 155 horse. That's yeah. kind of hard to. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 155 doesn't seem like a lot, but it, you know, it's enough. It's enough to get by, and you know, depending yeah. on what you're going to do with it, you know, if you're going to tow a boat or something, it isn't enough. But if you're going to go out in the highway and drive. Drive, you know, get up to speed and, you know, maintain. Yeah, it's plenty. But but they have the optional motor that's about 176, I think. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more horsepower. And and 176 is what most V6s were, you know, six or seven years ago. So I think it's pretty. That would would be enough. Yeah, yeah. let's get it right here. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but it does. Yeah, you know, quite well at 25 miles per gallon. Oh, yeah. No, uh, no, 20, yeah. 25 and better. So, uh, I just hey, we got to get going. Chance, have you had a chance to drive one yet? I, I, I drove one for a short period of time. I haven't driven one for a week yet, but I've driven one for a little bit, and I liked it a lot. Hey, Peter, we got to right. get going. Bye. All right, take care. Have a great holiday weekend. Uh, I bet Paul Sullivan's there somewhere. Paul? Paul Sullivan? No Paul Sullivan? Really? That's odd. Hang on, Johnny. Johnny, it's me. Uh, hey, it's Johnny Costello. <laughs> yes, I can't hear you, but you know what? That's because the, the headphones are around beautiful Karen's. Yeah, <laughs> around her head. So, hey, Johnny Costello's there, and, uh, and, uh, it, which means uh, who knows what Paul's up to. He's probably doing doing crazy work he's he's a working guy these days but the very best in irish music coming up with johnny costello hey john yes sir it's it's uh you'll never believe why paul is off today why is he off his wife received a doctorate his wife received so, so now two, there are two doctors in that one household two dark two dr sullivan she uh, you know i <laughs> Uh, I'm only hoping that if I'm ever in the room with both of them, some of that smart stuff will rub off it's, on me. So. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. I said to Paul, I said, Paul, John Paul is not going to let you live this one down. Now there's two of you in the I know. Two, I, I'm going to have to 
you know, my wife's going to have to get a doctor's degree or something. And, That's all there is to it. And I'm so. also, you know, you know about uh, brilliant Bobby Brooks, B3, we call him. Yes. Yeah, well, he catapulted from here to now he is doing the play-by-play over at the Braintree Parade. So, oh I don't know. These guys, are, you know, they're, they're going up, 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 and I'm I, I'm going down, down, down. Uh, no, you know, they, you, you, can, you can say a lot of things about the rooster, but the rooster's <laughs> not going down. He's going up, up with the best in Irish music heard anywhere. Right here on AM 950. Well, great show, Johnny. Thanks for kicking off our our weekends. All right, bye-bye. All right. You have a good time now. Thank you, sir. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car, and have a happy and safe 4th of July. And remember, never, ever drink when you're behind the wheel. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. On this bright Easter morn When Irishmen are proud and glad Of a land where they were born Oh, son, I see With memories few The far-off distant day When being just a lad like